Good afternoon. Welcome back to Network Outdoors, the podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Molson, and I say welcome back because it has been a few weeks here since our last episode in 2022. We are here in 2023, kicking it off um, with a very, very, very special guest. Uh, and I and I thought of her when we were thinking of uh, kicking off a trapping series, things to do outdoors in um, the winter time. Um, we have Linda White here coming to you on the phone from Little Valley, New York. Linda, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. And and um, Linda, if uh, if people on on um, social uh, might know you as Trapping Girl, correct? Yep. Yep. I have um, a company called Trapping Girl. I also am the co-owner of Sawmill Creek Outdoors. And you've probably seen me in a lot of different things with Women of the Wild. I'm their executive media manager. Absolutely. Um, love it. Love it. Love it. I, I was super excited when uh, when we were able to find a time to record today. There's a lot to talk about. Pack it in. Probably take more than one episode here. But to kick this trapping series off, um, you know, and here, here's my thought. A lot of people will say things like, I hate the winter or I hate the cold or, oh my gosh, get the snow out of here. Um, and then, and then I see, um, I, I, I see folks like yourself out there embracing it and actually having an absolute, what looks like, and I, and I, I guess from my short experience of trapping, an absolute blast of what you're doing outdoors during these months that a lot of people are, are dreading. How, how'd you, how'd you get into doing what you're doing? Well, um, so first of all, I'd like to say I hate the cold too. So <laughs> I do want to put that out there. So we'll start there. Um, it, it doesn't, it doesn't keep me from, from getting out there. Uh, because I will tell you when you see a coyote or something bouncing in your trap, you definitely forget that it's cold out. But, um, so how did I get into, how did I get into trapping? Well, um, as a kid, I, I was never introduced to trapping. I, I was big into fishing with my father. He, he loved to fish, um, actually ended up retiring from a government position and became a fish in the, a, a warden in the fish commission through Pennsylvania as a retiree. So, um, fishing was a big thing for him. He did hunt. And I, I wanted to hunt because my dad hunted. Um, unfortunately, he took me out hunting one time. It was squirrel hunting. I shot this squirrel first shot. He was so excited that, all right, she's going to be amazing. I got up to the squirrel, cried, made it, made him bury it in the backyard. So he was like, forget this. <laughs> we're not, we're not putting a deer in the backyard. But <laughs> trapping was never anything he even did. Like, um, so when I first met my now husband, he told me he fished, he hunted and he trapped. So if I wasn't on board, you know, that was probably not a relationship we should even start. And, and the fishing thing, I was like, all right, dude, we got this. The hunting thing, I was like, all right, well, I'm not against it, but I was just told that I shouldn't try it anymore. So we'll <laughs> see what happens there. But trapping, no joke. I thought he was like trapping like mice, like <laughs> I was like, okay, that's kind of a weird hobby, but whatever, you know. Sure. Um, 
so I went home and I told my best friend about trapping. I told her, her that like, oh, I met this great guy, blah, blah, blah. This is what he does. And I literally saw every anti-trapping video that's out there. She oh boy. flipped out. Oh my gosh. It was, it was bad. She flipped out. And from everything that I had seen, um, you know, like videos and everything that Tita puts out, I was like, this guy is going to bury me in the basement. Like, oh no. I was, I was like, okay, um, not what I was, not what I was thinking, but I really liked him. You know, like how you meet certain people and you're just like, there's something really good about this person. And I couldn't imagine that the two lined up, if that makes sense. So I told him, I got a hold of him and I said, listen, I want you to take me out trapping. I want to see what this is. I don't, I don't understand how you seem like such an amazing person. Like if this is as bad as it, it you know, Peter's putting out there, then how, how did the two line up? You know, well, so he's like, okay, we'll take this little city girl. Cause I was living in the city at the time, you know, trapping. He's like, fine, whatever. Um, he even told me later on that he didn't think that I would come back. He was like, he was <laughs> like, I really liked you, but you wanted to go. So I thought, all right, we'll take this, this pretty little girl and, and we'll go. <laughs> um, we went out and most trappers, I don't know if you've ever trapped yourself, but most trappers kind of keep a log of like where their traps are, what baits and lures they use, those kind of things. Yep. So he told me, he's like, well, if, if you're coming along, there's no free ride. So you need to pay attention to, you know, the log for me. And I'm like, all right, fine. Well, while we went out, he kept telling me, like, I would ask questions about, you know, what I had seen from all like the PETA videos and stuff. And he'd tell me his side of stuff, you know, what's really true, what really is. He took the time to explain different sets. Um, he took the time to explain, you know, why we trap, how how cruel Mother Nature really is and what a an abundance of predator population does to turkeys and to your even your bunnies and, you know, all these different things. And he really gave me an education that I wasn't expecting. Um and it just have you ever been with somebody like their passion is so much that you like you start getting excited about it. You don't even know why you're excited, but you're like, Oh my God. Yes. I want to do this. You yeah, know, yeah. that's how he it's was. Contagious. With it. Oh, it was, it was crazy. And I was like, I need to do more of this. I need to learn more about this. Like I need to figure this out. And it got to the point where I went from, all right, what is this trapping thing really about to helping him to getting my license to running my own trap line. And now I'm probably one of the biggest advocates for trapping to introduce women into the outdoors. Absolutely. Wow. Going from, from, uh, I mean, and, and this is how many years ago? So, um, I'm, it was 2014 when it all kind of started so uh, eight eight years ago right eight nine something like that that's incredible and yeah. um so you went out there and you, you felt the just the passion had to get into it where so you you've seen all the anti-trapping stuff where did you what kind of resources did you find available for for you to to learn from so, um, 
I used my husband a lot. Sure. You know, he had been trapping since he was nine years old. So I used him a lot. But um, we started to go to conventions and things like I would tag along with him before we started a bait and lure business. Um, we would we would go to these different conventions and there's there's a wealth of information out there. There really is. And so I would start asking questions. Um, we ended up, like I said, we ended up with a bait and lure business because um, my husband, he had been making baits and lures on his own for years but I was like I see how many people how much money people spend on this stuff like and your stuff is good so we need to start selling this um so when we went to these different conventions as a bait and lure owner I was like walk around and there's always demonstrations there's always there's always different classes that are out there different demonstrations and I start paying attention to like what did people say what did they have you know what did they like what did they not like what did they figure out from trial and error, um, you know, because my husband was, was a great wealth of information, but that's only one source. And I'm big, like, even, even hunting, even fishing, there's always something that someone's doing a little different. And there's a reason why they're doing that. So it's good to take notice. Why are they doing those things? You know, it's not all cookie cutter. It, you got to make things your own. So I went and kind of, you know, sneaked in on demos and everything else that other people were doing as well. That's really cool. But it's, it's also, it takes a lot, you know, and I know now there's a, there's a ton of information out there and also having a resource like your husband who's been doing it forever. That's, that's really cool. And I, um, I did just get into it. There's a, we, we have a, a, a group of uh field pro staff and network outdoors and, and one of them, um, Gary Berger, he's, uh, he's into all sorts of things, but all of a sudden one day he's like, Hey, Brandon, you want to hop in the truck and drive? And it's like an hour and a half away from our house, um, out to this, uh, I'll, I'll give them a shout out, uh, river rat trapping supply in uh, Eaton Rapids, Michigan. And really there's nowhere else or like close. There's no other place closer, even, even big box stores that have, um, the things that, that you really need as a, as a trapper. But that was my first experience going out there. And, um, I just had a boatload of questions, ended up picking up, uh, um, I don't know, a dozen foothold traps for, uh, sets for, for water, for, um, for muskrat and, and some, uh, one tens and, um, and then I, I, you know, some three thirties for beaver and then, uh, Duke five Duke pro five fifties for, for coyotes <laughs> And, uh, you know, a bunch of lure and Saturn. I mean, I, I came back with all sorts of stuff and then, um, then it was like, okay, some of these were already, um, like boiled, dyed, waxed, others weren't. And so, you know, I started getting onto the, um, of course, YouTube and going down all sorts of rabbit holes on, uh, on how to do all this stuff. There's just so many different ways of doing it. So to go to a convention or, or, um, go to a class, which I'm, I'm, I know you, you put on some, um, different classes and educational forums for people that that's just super, super helpful. Cause I can watch it all on the video, but then when you go to go to do it, it's, it's it's just, it's challenging. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, everybody makes it look so easy, right? Oh, yeah. You know, and then you're like, wait a minute. 
I didn't realize this was this strong or I didn't realize maybe I shouldn't put my hand there. Or, oh, yeah, Linda, my first raccoon I skinned, it took me like an hour and 20 minutes or something ridiculous. <laughs> it was outrageous. And I was like hanging it from one side out in my pole barn and, um, you know, and I, I can, I can rip through a deer pretty quick, but just this little, you know, I was like, Oh, and then, Oh, and then I get all the way to the very end of, uh, and I didn't have a, um, a, a, a tail tool at the time. And so oh, I, yeah. I was trying to just use my knife to go down it and then use my fingers to separate. And I thought I was like pretty much done with the tail. So I just gave it a yank. Oh yeah. About, I don't know, two <laughs> plus inches of the tail was stuck onto the, the, um, carcass still. And it's like, well, that just ruined the entire thing. <laughs> Well, uh, and to, to make you feel any better, if you go to sell that pelt, they will not dock you for not having a tail. Okay. <laughs> so just, just to make you feel a little bit better. There. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, and then you see these people in the videos and yourself included, it's like just ripping through them real quick. 10 minutes later, you have a perfect everything and it scores out great. And <laughs> it's just crazy. Uh, Don't worry. You'll get there. You'll get there. I think the very first, animal that I skinned was a red fox and I like ripped that like I mutilated the the pelt on this it was not I was I spent more time sewing all my little holes back together than I did I think skinning it because it was like oh crap I I put a little nick in there oh man I put a little nick on (sighs) oh man like it was, it was really bad. So, I mean, we all have that, but you know what? The big thing is, is like right now, fur is, is really like of the animal. It's the least that, that brings you any kind of money in. So right now is the time to practice, yeah. you know, it, who cares if, who cares if you ruin, uh, you know, a, a dollar hide, you know, it's, right. it's, it's not going to bring you anything anyways, but now have the knowledge to, to be able to, when fur prices do get better, like your fur will look amazing, you know, and you don't have to worry about, oh gosh, did I, did I ruin this $50 coyote? Because you practice whenever it was only a $5 coyote, you know? Exactly. For, for people that are, so our listeners are a a mix of, of all sorts of outdoors uh, enthusiasts. When, if you were somebody that and so rarely have I talked to somebody that that loves the outdoors, but they don't they've never trapped, and I've never heard them say like oh that's that's terrible most of the time it's like, wow, that's super interesting um i I want to try that too for for those those folks that or or they used to do it and they just don't anymore for whatever reason, but then they start hearing the passion and stuff and how cool it's been for my, you know, first time. And so then now all of a sudden, you know, they're starting to pull their stuff back out and, and get into it a little bit. Just as, uh, what, what you were talking about, the, the contagious passion thing. When, yeah. if, if, um, if you were to tell the listeners what, where they should start. And I know that's a loaded question. Um, what what species would you would you push them to go try out first or and then and then maybe what kind of um different set would you encourage them to try oh well um so i personally think that water trapping is easier than land trapping as far as results like 
for instance, fever trapping, you know, um, they, there's runs, you know, with, with land trapping, you might have a coyote that's on your property today and he may not show up for another two or three days, you know, because they, they run a big circle and everything with water trapping. You know, if you have a beaver that's in your pond, he's in your pond, you know, like, you know, where he's at. There's runs that are on the bottom of the, the pond or in a creek or whatnot. So, I mean, those, those are a little bit easier animals to target. With that being said, those traps are a little bit more challenging, I guess you want to say. You know, if you're, if you're looking at a con bear, you know, if you don't have the correct hand placement, you know, they can be extremely intimidating and can cause some pain if, you know, if you're, if you're not knowing what you're doing. But I think water trapping, you know, is probably the easiest for some people because the chances of them connecting right away, you know, that instant gratification is more likely. So it keeps them excited. It keeps them entertained. It keeps them, you know, wanting to come back. Oh, I, I caught another beaver. Oh, I, you know, I caught another muskrat. I want to keep doing this. Um, I personally, though, think that land trapping is is where it's at um mainly because a i don't like to get wet so i'm gonna throw that that one right out there um (laughs) my husband is a huge huge water trapper um and i'm definitely content standing on the bank handing him some dive sticks for his beaver set so um but i think that land trapping i i enjoyed land trapping for so many reasons um, a, you know, you can do that, whether it's snowing or you can do it, um, in, you know, early fall, depending on what state you're living in. Um, you may have year round fur bears that you can get, you know, I know like Tennessee and Arkansas and, um, like Nebraska, you can trap coyotes all year round, you know, you don't need to have a trapping season for them. So, you know, that that's something right there that you can practice and you don't have to do it in the cold, you know? Um, But it's also great land management, you know? Um, And that's, that's the real thing for me is like, I do, I do now like to hunt, you know, I I told you, you know, as a kid, I I wasn't allowed to, but you know, as I gotten older, and really started enjoying trapping and fishing and being out in the outdoors more, I said, oh, okay, I want to start doing, you know, more hunting. I want to get into those things. Well, to be able to hunt your turkeys, to be able to hunt your deer and everything, you need to practice good land management. And that to me is why I think land trapping is just a better way to start. You're you're helping those ground nesting birds. You're helping those deer. You know, you're helping kind of get a balance to to the land around you. Yeah. When, when, um, so not too long ago, I was, um, I had the opportunity to go out with a, with a guy that has, um, a really well trained dog for, and I, and I was going to say raccoon dog, but, this this blue tick hound does all blood trails it it does all waterfowl it's it's unbelievable upland hunting oh wow yeah it's crazy and um 
her name's Daisy. She and I, I did post about her not too long ago, but she was just fantastic. Um, we went out one night. It was my first time night hunting, which is also very very interesting. But uh, we were we were looking for raccoons, and when I was asked to go out and do this, the first thing I thought about is so my wife and I. Well, my my we live in um, it's a it's a city, Rochester in Michigan, but um, yeah. our particular piece of land is an acre and there was an old apple orchard back in the sixties and seventies and eighties, I believe. And, and then it was turned into houses and whatnot, but, um, they, they, this is, it's still a, you don't find many places that you get like an acre. So all my neighbors have acres and what brings a lot of wildlife and really cool things. I, I have a camera system around my house, really small for security, mostly to go see what kind of deer and, you know, different critters are walking around. But one year we had, um, two mallards walk in and the hen decided for whatever reason to, to, uh, build a nest up against our house in a, in an old flower garden. And we were so excited and, and we just keep seeing her waddle in, waddle out, you know, back and forth, back and forth. And, um, and obviously, you know, I, I forgot how what it is, but it's like a you know a two week plus ordeal where she's laying eggs and then and then sits on them for X amount of hours until they they hatch. Well, right when I knew it was getting towards the end, and she was in there almost full time, just leaving to eat um, on my cameras, and I was just about to go stick out you know these these other cameras to to watch these little ducklings hatch and come out, and I was we were super, I mean we were into it, and then literally. Mm-hmm on the Arlo camera, I see these two raccoons go in and then, um, and then we, we see them leave uh, a period of time after. And right when I woke up and I saw that, I go, gosh, I just, I have, they're gone. There's no way they survived that one. And and we were right. You know, the, the whole, everything was completely broken open and eaten and, and destroyed. Not, we were crushed. We actually were going to, you know, and so I go, gosh, there, there has to be, there has to be more to this. And I don't know many people, at least at the time that hunted raccoons or I, I didn't even really get into, I've always heard of like predator hunting, but I never really knew too much about it, but wow. Mm-hmm. Trapping is a whole different level of conservation effort and land management, just like you're talking about. And now it's like, I, you know, I'm, I'm a big waterfowl hunter and um, I love spring turkey and, you know, the whole thing. And it's just amazing what these ground nesting birds go through in order to actually survive birth. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, so just to kind of get off a little bit, like, um, if you, if you have a, say, turkey, um, and she lays her eggs and has no predators at all on her. So she doesn't have to worry about, I mean, because anything eats an egg. I mean, really, yep. oh, yeah. you know, you've got, you've got hawks, you've got your possums. I mean, they all, Owls. they all go after the egg. Yeah. Yeah. They all go after the egg. So if there are no predators at all, 75% of that nest will hatch. Okay. Now, nine times out of 10, what happens is only 40% hatch. In a, like, so, so of all the, of all the, the hens out there, you know, laying their, laying their eggs for only 40% of those actually will make it. 
And that, like, that shows you what a difference. You know, you're looking at what predators really do, how, how horrible that is. Now, when they make it to a pulp, that's, you know, it kind of does, it, it pulls back, you know, what's, what's killing those pulps. But still, I mean, from the time that those, those, those eggs are laid till about four or five months in, you know, they're under constant attack. It's wild. Isn't it? That's it's crazy. So I know. It's so wild. Right. And, and and there's there's certainly a place for so I, I you know, I don't want to say like, you know, all all predators are, are bad. That that's why there's there's hunting and, and, and trapping and there's there's limits and, and there's seasons and stuff because it, right. it's an actual uh, management tool. It's not like we're trying to wipe out all predators. There's absolutely a place Correct. for them. Um, like you said, if there was zero predators then there would be, then we, we would have a waterfowl problem, <laughs> you know, we, there, right. so I get it. There, there's balance there and we're just, but I also think that the trapping industry is, um, is, is declining. It just, it's, it's, you know, people describe it as like a lost art or not being passed on as, as much as, um, it, it used to be, of course, our, you know, our country is founded on things like that, but, um, Lately, there's there's just there's not too much emphasis on it because of the, I think miscommunication and um, and messages and mixed messages that that people get from it. Um, I I've heard you describe it really well. Um, the the need for trapping and uh, and you touched on it a little bit at the beginning of this, but maybe if you could walk us back through, um, you know why there's a need for, for trapping and, um, and, and then the, the importance of, uh, of, of growth and that type of management. Cause there's a lot of States actually almost on a, you know, on an attack uh, against, uh, trappers, fur bears. Yeah. So, so the thing is, is what a lot of people, first of all, have in their head is what you see in movies, you know, that, that traps have teeth, that, we're out there just breaking bones that were, you know, they, they have this, this idea what, what trapping is. And, you know, we even get some pushback from, you know, other, other outdoorsmen who are, are saying, you know, well, you know, that's, that's a, an easy way of hunting or, you know, and they come up with a lot of things. And until they try it. <laughs> right. Unfortunately, it's, that people really don't understand it and don't want to take the time to. So trapping just like anything else has evolved, you know, where there, where their teeth untrapped at one time. Yeah. A long time ago, you know, um, since then we have laws and everything that are in place where, you know, there's no trap on teeth. There's even rubber jawed traps. There are, extra lamination, extra swivels, extra, you know, different springs, all of these things that come into play to make sure that that trap is no different than slapping a handcuff on that animal. So it's, it's the word trap, like, I sometimes kind of hate that because people think of like these big teeth and everything else. Really what you're doing is you're restraining that animal. You're holding that animal there. Um, so that's what's happening. You know, none of us are in the business of catching feet. I hate when people tell me, oh, it breaks all their bones and, you know, all this. Like, no, we're, we're there 
just like any kind of hunter, any kind of fisherman, you know, we're there to a respect the animal and utilize that animal as much as possible and also help the population. So just like anything else, you know, if there's an abundance of population, that's when disease, you know, comes in, starvation comes in, you get mange, you get um, a lot of attacks. Some people have told me before, well, you know, I went trapping and I got there and, um, you know, say it got a fox and, you know, a coyote came in earlier that day and killed that fox. Well, that should actually tell you something. That should tell you that you have a huge canine population problem that's there. Because if you didn't, that, that, or that fox would still be there, no problem. You know, there was enough of a population that those coyotes came in and felt threatened by that fox in that area. Right. So those are, those are telltale signs that people don't seem to pick up on, you know. Um, I've heard people tell me, well, you know, I used to have so many turkeys or I used to have so many deer and I just don't see them or even the bunnies. Like people don't, don't think about bunnies. You know, you think about them as like more of a problem, like they're getting in my garden or whatever. But when you don't see bunnies, you have a big time predator population. That, that's a good sign that you've got, you know, maybe fox, coyotes, things like that, that need to be managed. And People ask all the time, okay, well, why do we have to manage it? Like, doesn't Mother Nature do that? Well, yeah, they do. Through Mother Nature does it through disease, through starvation, you know, things that it can really be a lot cooler than any kind of trapper out there. But the other thing that happens is that people don't take into account is, you know, humans. We moved in. We took over this land, you know, and and unfortunately with big developments and big cities and everything else that's out there, the animals, their, their habitat has been destroyed. So we need to, as being good conservationists, we need to go in and make sure that that habitat can handle the population that's there. And if we need to weed out the population and help with the balance, then that's something, honestly, that we're doing those animals a service. Yep. Yeah, a lot of you'll you'll only see pictures of well that you know that that animal's halfway eating its leg off and you know all, all sorts of crazy stuff and and are there some bad apples there, there's in anything you you do there's there's some people that don't follow um you know the right ethics and stuff that that right. most people do but there there's and there's certain laws and and regulations in place and, um, and every, every area is different, but you know, here in Michigan, you have to check your traps every single day. You have to have your, you have to have your name tags on, um, and, yeah. and number and stuff on, on all your stuff. And, um, and to your, to your point earlier, when you were saying like, you know, maybe starting off in the water might be, might be easier, um, to, to get an animal to step in a, you know, one by two inch or, you know, one and a half by one and a half inch square is, is incredible. Um, and, and getting rid of the, the scent control and the multiple gloves you have to wear and tools and lures and, oh my goodness, all, all that stuff is, uh, for someone to say it's easier. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, that I, 
I always laugh at that one when people are like, boy, you're taking the easy way out. (laughs) And I'm thinking like, all you did was sit there and wait for this deer to come back. Yeah. Sitting in a tree stand over a bait pile. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. You waited for the, and and I'm not taking that away from anybody. Have a blast doing it. You did your time. You did your time. So I'm not taking that away from anybody, but you didn't have to make that deer not only walk by your tree stand, but step exactly where you want it. You just had to wait for that deer to come by and you get a clean shot somewhere. And that, that position can be all over the place. You know, it could be right in front of you. It could be off to the left, off to the right, a little bit in the distance. You know, as long as you have a clean shot, it could be anywhere. You didn't have to make them step right where you want, you know, and there's, there's a lot of skill that actually plays into that, you know, wind direction, you know, you have to make sure that there's animals in the area, pay attention to, you know, different sign. How were they walking? How fresh are tracks? You know, those things that there's a whole bunch of different things that play in. So I always laugh when people are like, Oh, you took the easy way out. I always want to be like, come, you show me how easy this is. Oh Yeah. It's crazy. My first set, my first set that I did, um, I thought I had a camera set up on it, but for whatever reason, I didn't, um, I didn't change batteries in it. So I, I go back and my, my trap is, uh, dug up and it's not, it's not set off though. It's, it's just, it's perfectly dug up. (laughs) It's like, how in the world did something, and I, I took so much time to boil and, and degrease and, 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 I mean the whole thing and how do they, and I, and I wore three different pairs of gloves to like get uh-huh. that out there. And you know, one pair just for the traps and one for this and one for the bait. And it was like, how in the world did they find that? And not only that, do they not set it off and animals are smart. It's, it's wild. It's super right. fun though. Super, super fun. Um, oh, when, yeah. when, uh, when you mentioned that you, you get into, um, you have a company that sells baits and lures. Talk to us about that. So, so I actually, we own two companies. We own Sawmill Creek Bait and Lures, which is specifically um, a bait and lure. Um, we have a full line, you know, from water sets to land sets to all that. So, wow. um, yeah, there's, so there's that. Um, and my husband, he had been, he had been playing with baits and lures. Like his uncle was really big in making baits and lures and everything. So he had been learning this stuff ever since he was nine. Um, and he used to, how this became a business actually is he used to have all his buddies at the area. They would come and they would bring beer and they'd sit in the garage while Michael was giving them different baits and lures for trapping season. So I got tired of being paid in beer and I was like, (laughs) I'm like, no, no, <laughs> real cash would be great. Um, so we, I ended up, you know, I went out and I got a logo and I got a business license and I told him, listen, we're done trading gates and lures for beer. We're going to be like a real company, you know, putting our big girl pants on here. Love it. And so we started going to these conventions and I noticed the lack of, anything for women. And so that was a big struggle for me because like, even me, you know, you talked about like different gloves and stuff, like nothing fit my hands. Nothing was 
any way, shape or form for me on a table. Or if it was, I didn't know because it was kind of thrown off to the side. If that makes sense, you know, you go to these conventions, everything is made for a man. So it's extra large gloves, extra large, you know, everything. Um, And I don't know if you've ever seen any of my pictures or whatnot, but I'm not a, a very big person. So I, I struggled with that. So I actually started a company called Trapping Girl and it's all designed and we have a bait and lure line along with like starter kits for women to get into trapping. Um, you know, just basic things that they need, gloves, aprons, um, there's some apparel in there, you know, sweatshirts and things like that, because who doesn't like a brand new pink sweatshirt? But, um, you know, like, so we have both of those businesses and we basically tour the country and, and, you know, sell baits and lures and, and different tools to men and women throughout the trapping industry. That's awesome. Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. You know, and it's funny. So, um, I also, like you had talked earlier, I think it was about, you know, different classes and stuff now that I do. And there's such a need, um, right now. And, and I'm sure you've heard this before, you know, women are the, the biggest growing demographic in the outdoor industry right now. Like women have just, we have shown up and we are like, I am woman, hear me roar kind of thing. I right. mean, it's gone no crazy. It's gone crazy. Yeah. And so we actually started doing, and I was in Tennessee. Um, we have an up, an upcoming workshop in Ohio. Um, I was actually uh, able to put a committee together. And at the National Trappers um, Convention this last year, we had a whole women's workshop on getting women into trapping and and just the need to know, what do you need to know? How do you start? What, you know, what does a trap even look like? How do you, how do you set it? You know, just like you were saying, it was kind of hard for you when you first started, you know, like, all right, yeah, you went on YouTube, but when you went out and actually did it yourself, you were like, wow, this is not what it looks like on YouTube. So we now have workshops all over the country that, that do that. Just show you what you're doing. That's awesome. My, my biggest fear at the beginning was, so there's, and I'm still at the beginning. Let's not get that twisted. I'm <laughs> very novice now. Hey, I, I got to give a shout out to Gary B because, um, so today is day eight, but for the previous seven days, uh, we've been out at this homeowner's lake, um, that, that has a really nasty beaver problem. And we're seven for seven on seven days, which is oh, really, fantastic. really, really cool. Biggest beaver, I thought, you know, me pulling it out of there. I was, I was by myself and I forgot the jet sled and it's a little bit of a whack in there, but I was pulling it out. I'm like, oh, finally we got one over 50 pounds. This thing's got to be 55 or something like that. He waited. It, it was 42. I was <laughs> just a wimp getting out of there by myself, but, uh, so funny. So yeah, I'm actually after this, I'm going to go check and, and hopefully, um, we'll be eight for eight, but you never know. You never know. We, you know, it's, uh, the bank den stuff and, and, um, it's cool to be in the water, but now everything froze over. We just had a cold spell a couple of days ago. So oh, yesterday yeah. we're out there with hammers smashing in the ice and, and you finally get down in there. But, um, lures, um, like why my biggest fear was I'm going to go. So I see all the, I was trying to find videos on like how to find good set 
like good setup spots. And, you know, my biggest takeaway was uh, fresh sign, you know, fresh tracks, fresh sign, you know, that coyote stepped right here, or yeah. you, you can find an active, uh, active den or um, time of year. Like we're, we're going into mating season here with, with coyotes or we're, you know, we're already in it or, you know, it's starting. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and then, but then there's also regulations of, of setting up too close and stuff like that to dens, definitely not in them, things like that. But, um, my biggest fear, I was told that if you use, if you do a bad set and you use a certain bait and certain lure, they, they get, they get educated pretty quick. And then once they smell that somewhere else, they know not to go to it. So I'm like, great, I'm going to rip through every bait and lure there is in the entire industry. I'm not going to catch anything. I'm the worst trapper of all time. I should just give up. And and that was my biggest fear. But then other people were like, no, 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 no. Just go out, do it. Hey, there's so much public land. There, there's so many opportunities to go set somewhere else. If if you screw it up, yeah, you know, try it somewhere else or, or change it up. So what... What is your, when, when people ask you about what to use, what, what's your, um, I, I guess, strategy there or a, a good explanation of, of bait and lure mix and things like that? Well, um, words so of advice. I'm I guess. Gonna, so, so obviously I'm going to say you should use sawmill Creek bait and lures. Well, that's a no brainer um, now. Yeah, <laughs> but, absolutely. But, but, um, so the big thing is, is if you're, if you're going, say, for canine, okay, and you, and you do, if you go at these conventions and everything, there's a hundred different smells, different things. I mean, it's, it's all out there, you know? Um, the big thing I would say is you don't want anything that smells overly rotten. I mean, there are some where you're going to take the lid off and you're going to be like, oh, that is rotten. Um, that is not a good bait and lure. Like that, that it should not smell like that. And all they're going to do as a canine is roll in that. They're not going to want to eat it. You want something that they want to eat, or you're playing on those other senses. Like there's a curiosity lure out there. I'm a big. I like three different. Um, baits and lures at my set I do kind of like a triangle almost I have like a real big dirt hole and then I have like two little punch holes off to the side and the reason same for side that, or uh, on either side nope on either side so it almost makes like if, if you look at my set it's almost like a diamond like the big hole in back here you yep. know you have one hole on either side and then you have your trap so it almost the whole thing makes almost like a diamond um and the, and I put in the, in the big dirt hole, I put a bait. I'm looking at what do they want to eat? I want something that's appealing to them. I use final steps. Um, and there, I mean, there's a whole bunch of different baits out there. You know, you could use envy, you can use, um, aftershock. There's a whole bunch of different baits and stuff out there, but I, I really like final step, which obviously is a sawmill creek bait. Um, but then in one of the punch holes, I'll put a curiosity lure. I will play on that whole curiosity factor. In the other punch hole, I will use a glam lure. So like a coyote glam lure, fox glam lure, depending on what I'm getting. And the reason for those, those three holes is, A, I'm playing on all their different senses. So I've got, I've got a territorial thing. I've got a hunger thing. I've got a curiosity thing. I've got 
all that different stuff. But the other thing is, is the longer you can keep that animal at the set, your pan placement is not as important. So Mm. you probably heard some people who are like, oh, you've got to set off to the side a little bit, or you got to set back farther, or you got to set, you know, um, at an angle, you know, everybody has a different idea. But if you're keeping them at that set longer and you're having them move their feet and work their feet, you know, they're, they're smelling this scent, they're smelling the other scent, they're checking this out, they're going over here. You're making them move their feet, you're keeping them at that set, your chances of catching them are so much better. Oh, that makes, that makes a bunch of sense. So I've, I've done all, all my, um, canine sets so far have been whole sets. Mind you, I've, I've caught, uh, I've, I've been able to get, um, I haven't got a coyote yet, but I, I did get a red Fox, which was like, okay. I, I felt like all of a sudden I'm going to check on it. And I was on the, I was on a business call and, uh, <laughs> and I was just about to wrap it up and I was like, ah, let me just go check on this thing. And, and I doubt that I'm going to see anything. I'd even have like my 22 with me or anything. I, but I did have, you know, my rubber boots and all. And so I'm walking back there and all of a sudden I see, I go, oh, I have, I have a coyote. No way. And then I look closer and I go, oh my gosh, it's a red Fox. I, I was so excited. I couldn't even, I, I, I had to mute the phone and you know, the whole thing. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh my gosh. I was beyond the moon. So I, I go back and I like try to rush the call off and go back there and, and, uh, and, and take care of it. And it was just so fun. But other than that, um, I've just gotten raccoons, but I've used, and that was like a wood pile kind of set where I, I, I kind of put almost like a teepee, if you will. It's like a kind of a V. And then in the V, I, I did a 45 with a, I have an auger on a drill to go down. Yeah. And I, I threw some bait down there. And then about a hand's length in front of that, I just, I, I, um, I put the 550 down there. And then I, um, and then I, I kind of threw some leaves and stuff on it just to make it look like everything else around it, minus the dirt that I kind of threw out of using the auger from the from the hole. And then I right. used like a skunk uh, base lure um, above, uh, just like a little okay. stick in there, and I, I kind of threw that against the log and wiped it on there. And and that that worked, but that also gets uh, raccoons, and I have I have not, but I really want to. So I did try a two hole set. I've seen that. But your your diamond yep. situation that is uh, that makes total sense total sense where it so, has, doesn't really matter like it has to be stepping around because it's so interested that's cool yeah yeah so so from the dirt hole from the big hole in the back to like where the pan is is about a foot oh and okay then you put, and then you put like a little punch hole on one side you know like so that it makes like a diamond and the punch hole on the other um, how deep's the punch hole um, the, the punch hole is probably about four inches down, but it's not a whole hole. I mean, it's literally, I take my driver and I punch that, okay. that hole down, you know, just enough that they have to like, whatever I'm putting in there, they like, it's got to be down in the hole. Oh, and the width sense. of a driver I, too. It's not like a wide hole. It's just the driver width. Right. And I kind of angle them a little bit towards the track. So everything is kind of angled towards the track area. Got it. Okay. I can make a little drawing later on. We can, we can chat about yeah. it. Yeah. No, that's uh. well, you know what, here, here's an idea. And, um, I mean, we'll, we'll have, we'll, we'll obviously be talking a lot more after this, but, um, love to, to put links to different, um, 
any kind of seminars you're putting on or classes or I, I just know that there's a lot of people that are that are getting pretty interested in this and 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 even though we're we're well into the season here in Michigan it, it doesn't end um, a lot of it doesn't end till uh, April 1st so we still have um, you know two two full months of, of action and when you're checking them every day you know, that, that's a there's a lot of action left so oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah definitely. I think you're I think your land sets end at the end of February, right? And then you have water until April? Yeah. Yeah. Or is it March 15th? Something like that. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's hard for me to it's hard for me to remember all the different states. I trap in so many different states and I'm always like, When can I go again? <laughs> yeah, right. What can I do? <laughs> <laughs> Super cool. And then and then of, of course, um, Coyote hunting in, in Michigan is, is year round. You're you're allowed to do that. Oh yeah. 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 Well, that, that's awesome. Um, I'm a uh, actually as we talk right now, we're uh, I'm looking through a your your website and definitely going to start ordering a bunch of stuff my way. So if you were <laughs> for for coyote specific, what um, yeah. what two lures and uh, and and so you said a gland and then. Um, so what, what would be your preferable if you, if I were to try something? So I lures. like, I like final step as a bait. Yep. I like either autumn addiction. Autumn addiction is like a big, like go-to for me. I love autumn addiction. Um, but you can also use either the C4, which is a mouse based lure. The, the autumn addiction is that curiosity lore, and I really like it. I think it works great for both coyote and fox. Um, and then, or you could use the um, either the bombshell if you're a girl and you want some kind of pretty teal, or you can use C4 if you're you know not you're too manly and you don't want any color on your. Hey, your lore. I'm but going with your. Uh, I'm going with your whatever you suggest. I, I don't. I, care less (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah so they're both they're both mouth-based lures so that plays on another it it gets them curious but it also plays on that you know hunger you know that they're looking for and then um i have a lure called coyote crush which that is um just a coyote glam lure it it works really well so like if you did the final step in that back hole and you did the um, autumn addiction on one in one little punch hole, and you did the coyote crush in the other little punch hole. That's that's normally like my go-to set right there. Okay. Um, I catch a lot of fox and a lot of coyotes off of that set. Um, and it's so funny because so like I, t- I was talking about at the beginning of this, you know, like we have a log book. You keep a log book, and yep. my husband will always ask me like, "What was in that set?" And I'll tell him, and he'll be like, "Huh, okay." what was on this set? And I'll tell him. And he's like, again? And I'm like, yeah, there, he's gotten to the point where he doesn't even ask anymore. Like, <laughs> what's going on? And it's it's so funny because we'll come out with um, brand new baits and lures. And of course, you've got to test them out. So like our process, we will, we'll put a camera on it, see how they react, you know, with a camera on it. Then we send it out to people. And we also use it in our own line. And like when we're testing stuff, my husband's always like, you need to use the test bait or the test floor. You can't keep going back to the autumn addiction and the final step. And I'm like, yeah, but it works. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> like, 
Like I get that, but this stuff is good. It's good stuff. So I'm looking. So on the on the site right now on uh, Sawmill Creek Bait and Lures, they yeah, you sell. It's called Large Predator Package. Seventy six dollars, perfect, and it comes with exactly what you just uh, described there. And I, I meant to ask you about Red Fox urine because I haven't used that yet, but that's what I want to you know um, dose it off with. And it, so I'm I'm gonna I'm, I'm certainly getting this, but for anybody listening, definitely go check out um, Sawmill Creek Bait and Lures dot com, and they also have um, Trapping Girl products on there for for you to buy too. Yep. Very very cool. Yep. It's super easy. I've got a cart already full up right here, filled up right here, and easy to check that. out. I love that. I love that. I'm hearing that. <laughs> oh heck yeah! Well, I'm, I'm fired up about this. I'm I'm super happy. Um, I know I told you I, I would only uh, keep it at 30, 45 minutes. We're we're nearing in fifty five, and <laughs> so I I'm super yeah, appreciative sorry. of your time. Thank you. No, thank you so much for being on. And I know. Um, you know, I, I just, I have, a, I have a good feeling we're going to be doing a lot more together. So, uh, for, for nonprofits, conservation, trapping, we didn't even get into talking ice fishing. And I know that's, um, Oh yeah. And, and women of the wild. We've got that oh, to yeah. talk about sometimes too. Gosh, so many things. A lot um, more to come. But, <laughs> but yeah. So, I mean, if any of your listeners at any point, like Trapping Girl on Instagram. You can find me, Linda White, on Facebook or even Trapping Girl, you know, as well. Um, but, you know, reach out to Brandon too if you've got some questions about things. Cause then that way, if we do another episode, you've already got, hey, these are what our, our listeners want to know. And yep. we can go from there. Absolutely. So much more to talk about. Linda, thank you so much. Is there, uh, and so of course, I was going to ask, how do people get a hold of you? And and so you you put it out there, and then of course if you send me a message, I will forward that on to Linda as well. Um, any uh, any last thoughts or, or words of wisdom that you you want to share? Um, I guess the biggest thing is don't knock it till you try it. You know, um, there's there's a lot of people that are out there who are fighting against trapping the low hanging fruit. You know, um, unfortunately, we probably have the least amount of um, sportsmen in in our community. You know, we're kind of the low hanging fruit. So that's what PETA goes after first. Um, the thing is, is as as outdoors men and women, we need to all stick together. We need to realize the importance of each one of us. You know, what the cause and effect is of trapping, what the cause and effect is of hunting, fishing, all of those things. And we all need to stick together. So if you don't understand trapping and you're like, well, you know, I'm not going to get involved or, you know, yeah, PETA's going after that, but I'm not going to speak up. Figure out what it is. Learn a little bit about it. Um, ask questions because if they come after us and they shut us down, you're not like they're not they're not stopping at trapping. So I think it's I think it's just really important for us as as men and women in the outdoors, conservationists, to really get to know the cause and effect of what each other is doing and really support each other. Gosh. And that, my friends, that's what it's all about. Linda, thank you so much for your time today, explanation, your words of wisdom. Can't wait to do uh, a lot more with you and and the groups that you're all involved in. Um, Yeah. Thank you so much. And uh, oh, one last thing. 
Linda will be visiting Michigan for all you listeners here in Michigan. She'll be here at the end of the month at Outdoor Rama. Make sure you check out her booth, uh, and I believe it's with Women of the Wild, correct? Yes, yes. Absolutely. All right. Well, until next time, signing off.